I'd like to direct your attention tonight to the book of Genesis. We're going to start with just the first five verses of that book, first chapter, Genesis chapter 1. Many of you could probably quote this from memory, but the word of the Lord says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. For just a little while tonight, I want to talk to us from this thought, the Lord of the night. The Lord of the night. Many times as Christians, we grasp and relish the scriptures that talk about that the church is the light of the world. We're told that we're set, or a city set on a hill. We are a light in the midst of darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We like light. But there was two parts to the first day. There was the day, and there was also the night. I find as a father of some very small children I know I look like I'm old that's all right I've got two that are under two so huh but I find one of my greatest challenges as a father is getting small children to sleep in their own bed I've been doing this for quite a while now my crew goes from the age of 17 down to seven months I've had a lot of experience, if you will, as being a father. Didn't say I was good at it. I said I've had experiences. But probably one of the greatest challenges that I've found throughout dealing with children is getting them to go to sleep in their dark room by themselves when they're little. We recently have moved Mimi into her room. She now has a big person bed. And when my wife wisely enough researched and bought bed rails, Brother Jerry, so that she wouldn't roll off the bed. Problem with the bed rails is that they're only, they don't cover the whole bed. There's a gap at the end of the bed. They're just, you understand, there to keep her from rolling into the floor. So one of the challenges that we faced is now that we, you know, we have the nightlight, we've got the baby monitor, we can watch her, but I have noticed of late that she crawls out of her bed after she's been tucked in, and she enjoys playing until she's tired, and then she crawls back into bed and she goes to sleep. It started that she was just setting up in her bed and playing, and then it got to be where she figured out she could crawl off the bed. The other night... It was late. Everybody was in bed asleep. And my wife and I were getting ready to turn the lights out. And she looked in the baby monitor and she said, I do not see Mimi in her bed. 
And it is far too late for that child to be up running around. So would you mind going in there and finding her and putting her back in her bed? I said, it's no problem. I get up. I'm blind, mind you. I have no glasses on at this point. I'm stumbling through the house. I get to the bedroom door. I open said bedroom door, and I step into a dark room that is lit by a nightlight that puts off a glow, but it's still pretty dark. And when I open the door, there's no Mimi. She's not in the bed. Her little cushion. Kitchen set is up against the wall. She's not there. Her toys are on the floor, but there's no Mimi. I begin to step into the room, and at this point, I'm beginning to get a little bit of concern because where has my two-year-old gone? You know, is she under the bed? I walked in, and I got about in the middle of the room, and I'm frantically looking for my daughter when the closet door pops open very quickly, and I hear. Hey, Daddy! If you've noticed my child, she's very pale, light-complected. She was wearing a very light gray nightgown. And I was not expecting her to pop out of the closet. The minute she did that, I would like to tell you that I went, oh, hey, how are you doing? I about tore a new hole in the ceiling of that house. I jumped so, so, so high. I mean, just out of the blue. It wasn't, I'm kind of sleepy. It was, hey, Dad. And I'm, just, oh. and I'm not scared of the dark. But that startled me, to say the least. But one of the greatest challenges that I've faced, and probably you faced as a parent, is getting your child familiar with sleeping in the dark. As a matter of fact, USA Today published an article about a year ago, and it dealt with the very thing of, of people being scared of the dark. And according to this article, there are more Americans who are presently scared of the dark today than there ever have been before. The writer says that there are two major reasons for this, and the first is pretty simple. It's that it's hard to see in the dark. It was concluded that when you're in an area that you cannot see, you are more easily frightened because you don't know where you're going. You can't see what's around you. And so, therefore, when you cannot see what's around you, the clothes that you put over the, 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 the chair in the bedroom suddenly become a monster in the middle of the dark because your child didn't put the things up that they were supposed to. And all of a sudden, because they can't see very well, it, it, it turns into something that's a lot bigger than what it actually is. The second reason that this, uh, this writer concluded that more people are scared of the dark than they have ever been is because... Our minds and our imaginations are running rampant. We go to lay down and our mind is continually rolling and spinning. And, and, and so therefore, as you're trying to go to sleep, there is the, 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 the chance that fear is going to creep up and begin to torment your mind and you're unable to sleep because of the things that might be. So it's my job tonight to step into to, to, to our world for just a little bit and to try to speak a sound word. And I just want to, to let somebody know tonight that 
it's not very much different in the physical world as it is the spiritual world because oftentimes the things that frighten us the most are the things that we cannot see our way through. Brother Moss, it's the things that I can't see that bother me when I'm trying to live for God and I find myself in a place where I don't have the answer and I can't figure it out and, and I don't know how to get out of my dilemma or my problem. I don't know how to, to get through the things that I'm facing. And so when I'm in that situation and I can't find my way out, fear begins to grip my heart. When I'm in that place, my mind begins to tell me that there's going to be no way out, that there's not going to be a brighter tomorrow, that my failure is too big and my, my I've wandered too far and, and my life is in too bad of shambles because I can't see my way out of it and my mind tells me that there's no hope and there's no way out. But I've come tonight in, to, to declare to somebody that in the midst of all of that, He's still the Lord of the night. You see, I'm intimidated when I can't see. I get fearful when I can't figure it out, and my mind tells me there's no hope. My mind begins to, to torment me, and I can't find rest because... I don't see a way out, and I don't know how it's going to happen. And, and after all, I've heard all my life that, that men enjoy darkness more than light because their, their, their deeds are evil, and I find myself in life in the middle of darkness and in the middle of a dark place, and I don't know how I'm going to survive. And there is the chance and the, and, and the possibility that I'm going to be overwhelmed and fear begins to rise in me. Several years ago, I was praying, and the Lord just kind of dropped a nugget in my mind. He asked me a question. He said, do you know when I do my best work? What do you mean when you do your best work, God? So I started studying. I started looking. And Brother Moss, I found something unique very often. The Lord did his best work. Not in the daytime, but he did it in the nighttime. In the times where people couldn't see their way through something, in the, in the time when their mind was uncertain of the outcome, it's when God did his best work. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 starts out with this. It says, to everything there is a season and a time and a purpose under the heavens. If to everything there is a season and there's a time, then there's a time of daytime and there's a time of the nighttime. And I like the day, but I do not like the night. Because when I go through life, and I'm not talking about physical night outside, but when I go through dark times in my life, when I face uncertainty in my life, it is at those moments that I question, am I going to make it? It's at those moments that fear creeps up and I feel those icy fingers of fear as they began to sweep over my soul. Israel must have felt this in Exodus chapter 14 when they were standing at the banks of the Red Sea and they had Pharaoh's army coming behind them. They were sandwiched. They were between a rock and a hard place, if you will. There's nowhere to go. There's no place to run. There's nowhere to hide. 
I've got the sea in front of me. I've got Pharaoh closing in at my back. And it would be the Lord that would tell Moses to stretch forth his rod over the sea. And the word of the Lord says this, that the Lord caused a strong wind to come up and it blew all night long. And while they were wondering how they were going to get out of that predicament, God was already preparing a way. And in the morning, when they, when, they could, when, they, when they looked, there was dry ground for them to pass over on. I'm frightened because I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm intimidated because I don't know a way out. But God said, I do my best work. In the dark. I do my best work when you can't see what I'm doing. I do my best work when, when, when you have no idea what you're going to do. Come tonight to tell somebody it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You may feel hopeless. You may feel like that you're a million miles away from God, but I've come tonight to tell you, friend, that God has been orchestrating and moving things around, and you may be here tonight, not by happen chance, but because God has stepped in and He wants to do something, and He's moved you and guided you. You didn't know. You were just groping along. You were trying to figure out how you were going to make it and hoping for a better day, but God knows. The loaves and the fish were awesome. The Lord had fed 5,000. And he tells his disciples, I want you to go to the other side. So they get in the boat, riding high on the blessing that they just experienced. But as the sun began to sink in the sky, and the night began to come on, and darkness began to sweep in, all of a sudden the storm appears, and they're intimidated. And they're scared and they don't know how they're going to make it through and they're fighting and they're tossing by the wind and the waves and and they fight this storm and the Bible says that in the fourth watch that they looked out and they saw the Lord walking on the water the fourth watch was around 3 a.m. in the morning when it was dark and they're they're just trying to bail water and you can't see the shore and you you're just at the mercy of the storm but when the Lord came up to them. You probably know the story. He walks up to the boat, and he says, Hey, it's I. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. It's me. And Simon Peter, I don't read, Brother Blake, where the wind stopped, the waves stopped. They're in the storm. But Simon Peter said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And so the Lord says, come on. And Simon steps out, and he begins to walk on top of the water. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you something. You're going to get dominion and authority in your life, not when the daytime's there, but when you go through your dark time. I want to be I want to do things for God. I want to see exploits and I want to I want to do something for the kingdom of God. Get ready to go through some storms. Those storms are not there and they're not designed to destroy you. But when you go through dark times for a fleeting moment, and I know Simon Peter, his faith, he looked around and he became afraid when he saw the wind and the waves and he began to sink. I understand that. But for a brief moment in time, 
he asked the Lord, can I just get out of this boat? And can I walk on this thing that I've been, that's been driving me nuts, that I've been fighting for hours? Can I please get out and just walk on top of this for a little while? Ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be times when you go through dark, dark storms and you go through times in your life when in the spirit you just feel like you're about to drown. And the Lord shows up in those moments. And for a little while, he says, hey, how would you like to get out of the boat and walk on top of the storm for just a little while? You see, Simon couldn't walk on the storm if the waters were placid, but it was when the waters were churning and the wind was blowing that he was able to get out and actually walk on top of the storm. It's quoted so many times, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Leadeth me beside still waters. Goes on. It gets to the point, this part, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Think about that. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. David said at my darkest point, when I was wondering how I was going to get through, you prepared a table before me, and you began to put some stuff into me, and you held my enemy at bay, and you told him, no, you're not going to be able to go any further than where you're at right now. I'm fixing to put something in him. I'm fixing to set a table before him. Yeah, he may have to go through the storm, but understand this. I still rule the day, and I still rule the night, and I understand where my people are, and they may not understand where they are, but I know where they are. And in the midst of trials and trouble, I will set a table for them. And I will put them in a place where they can be nurtured and sustained. And oh, by the way, I'm going to pour my anointing on them so that when they get up, they're overflowing. And, and, and they can move and operate in my spirit like never before. It was midnight in a prison house when Paul and Silas began to just sing praises and give God glory in the midst of the night. We read that so casually. I don't believe that there were choirs that were going on and music that was thumping. I believe there were two men who had been beaten within an inch of their life fast in the stocks men that didn't know what tomorrow was going to hold or if there would even be a tomorrow but in the midst of their pain in the midst of their storm in the midst of their trial they began to say oh god lord you're still worthy god you're still good you're still faithful, God. You're still worthy of my worship. You're still worthy of my praise, God. I want you to know, Lord, I still love you. It was in the midst of that environment that all of a sudden the presence of the Lord sat down and the jail began to shake and quake and chains began to fall off. It didn't happen in the daytime. That happened in the night. I remember going through 
one of the hardest things I've ever walked in my life. Never forget sitting in the living room of Sister Joyce. I was waiting on the Wesley and Abby to get off the school bus. We were talking. And she looked at me like she often could do with that serious look. You knew she had something to say. She said, I want to tell you something, son. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I want to tell you something. You always remember you can praise your way through anything. She said, it does not matter where you're at right now. He's still worthy. It doesn't matter that your world's falling apart. Hear me, son. You can praise your way through anything. And I don't know where you're at tonight, and I don't know what you're facing, but I've come tonight to tell somebody, you may feel like you don't know which way's up, which way's down, and how you're going to get through, but I've come tonight to tell you, you can praise your way through anything. What did Paul and Silas do? They didn't know how they were going to get out, but they began to praise. They began to give God glory. I don't care how far you feel like you may be, but if you desire to get back to him you just begin to praise him you begin to magnify him you begin to give him glory I like to be able to see I want to know where I'm going I want to know the direction God can you just move in the daytime can you can you bring better days just need some things to go right. I need some things to brighten up. The Lord says, those days will come. But right now, I've got to do a work in you, and I can't do it in the daytime. I do my best work in the dark. Don't cheat me out of what I want to do in your life. I know it's painful. I know it hurts. I know that you don't understand it, child, but hear me. I do my best work in the dark. I do my best work when you can't see me at, at moving and you can't see what I'm doing. And, and I, I, I do things inside of your life and through your life that you don't grasp because you are surrounded by darkness. But hear me, I do my best work. But nobody can see until the light finally shines forth. Standing on a creek bank in the middle of the night, wondering what he was going to do, was when Jacob was confronted by that heavenly being and he began to wrestle throughout the night. And as the sun was starting to break, the morning, the darkness was beginning to fade, was when his name was changed from heel grabber to Israel. Why am I here? Why am I going through the things that I'm going through? Why am I facing this? It's because God's not done with you yet. It's because God's not done with you yet. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose. He still desires to do some things in your life. 
And I'll promise you, if all of us in this room, if you even knew what God desired to do in you and through you, you would be amazed. One of my favorite characters in the, in, in the Word of God is Joseph. Joseph has a dream that he's going to do great things. But it seems like Joseph's life is plagued by one dark place after another. He gets a dream of leading his family, of being used by God. And the next thing he knows, his brothers hate his guts. Now, I have a rather large family. And I would love to tell you that they always love each other. They don't. They fight like cats and dogs. And I understand siblings getting mad at each other. But these guys went above and beyond just mad. They wanted to kill him. So his family turns against him. And they take him and they throw him in a pit. That's great. Pretty bad. Your family don't want you. They want to kill you. They throw you in a hole in the ground. Then they decide, well, we're not going to kill you. So they pull him up. And he's probably thinking, oh, great. Finally, it's over with. They're done. We can patch things up and move forward. No, 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 no. They tie him to the back of a bunch of camels, and they send him to Egypt as a slave. He gets there. He's sold into Potiphar's house. And life as a slave begins. Joseph's prosperous. The Lord's with him. And he begins to adjust to his new environment. And he begins to, to think, okay, God, this, is, this, is, this must be where you want me. I'm going to be good. The Bible says he had an excellent spirit about him. But all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife begins to tempt him, and temptation comes. And, and, and all of a sudden, he's, he's got a choice to make. And he makes the right choice. Only to be lied on and thrown into prison. Oh, Joe had to have been thinking, man, this is horrible. Life is rough. But all the while, God was positioning him one step closer to being a ruler in Egypt. Joseph couldn't see it. Joseph couldn't. I, I, I'm sure that his dreams began to fade to the back of his mind. What, what, you know, that was great. But God, did I really hear what you said? Did I really feel you? Did I really feel that drawing and that pulling? Or was it just my imagination? How can you say that, Joseph? Because life's been pretty tough. But then the day comes when all the work on his spirit, on his attitude, the shaping, the molding, the working is displayed in the daytime when Pharaoh makes him second to him. All I've come tonight to tell somebody, stand with me, please. All I've come tonight to tell somebody is it may, I hope your life's going great. I, I really do. 
But maybe it's not. Maybe you're like the writer and you look on the right hand and he's not there. And you look on the left hand and he's not there. And you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking, man, I just love to feel the presence of God one more time. But I don't feel nothing. I'd really like right now to be able to bask in His glory and to feel Him move in my life and, and move in my home. And I, I just, I need Him. I look on the right hand and I don't see him and I look on the left hand and I don't see him and I can't see what's in front and I can't see what's behind me and I feel like that I'm just stuck in a hole I don't know how I'm going to get out because I can't figure it out I can't see my way out He's still the Lord of the night. And if you let him, he's still, hear me, he still gives you beauty for your ashes. He'll take the things that you don't understand. He'll take the situations that you cannot see your way out of. And if you will allow him He'll bring you out. And when he brings you out, you're not going to come out empty. You're not going to come out a fragmented shell of what you could have been. But if you allow him, he says, I do my best work in your darkest moments. You may not feel it. You may not see it. You may not know where you're, where, where you're at right now. But I can promise you one thing. You've never been closer to Him than you are right now. They didn't walk on the sea in the daytime. Simon Peter walked on it at night. There are going to be encounters and moments that you're going to have with God. They're going to be there. They'll be gone but they'll reassure you. God, I want you to bring me through. I don't, I don't want to just experience you. Yeah, but you got a journey to go through. I just set a table before you for a little while. He's still the Lord of the night. Can we lift a hand? Can we just reach to him? I feel him in this room right now. Oh, I feel him in this room. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but could you just reach to him right now? Here I am, Lord. I don't understand the process, God. I don't understand everything that's brought me to this point, but you know what, God? I still love you. I still love you. I still desire you. I still need you, God. here I am Lord I love you I may not see a way out but God I want you to know you're still holy you're still sovereign you're still worthy I bless you I worship you I magnify you
Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah.